Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. In this week's episode, Tony and actor, director, and AMAW teacher, Jordan Lane Chappelle, go deep. This episode reminds us that we are artists and creators. You will be inspired to look at what it is you really want to express and personally empower yourself to work towards those goals. Hi, guys. Hi. Today, we have a very, very special guest. (laughs) Actor, creator, writer, director, overall badass an amazing teacher, emissary of the work, and also known at the studio as Mean Tony <laughs> or Mini Tony and Lindsay. Yeah, I, yeah, I got Mini He is his yeah. own individual, don't get me wrong. Welcome, Jordan Chappelle. Yay! <laughs> I was like, what are we going to talk about? Like, two, yeah. two teacher artists talking about all of it. But we just yeah. were talking about it before we started to record about how living a life of uh in the arts sometimes you're like oh maybe we'll be famous when we're dead (laughs) (laughs) well i was like i well because i was what i was saying was that i find a lot of your work tony to be like very global and very current but yet as as when art meets like the business side of it the business side feels a little like okay we'll get there when the demand is strong enough or whatever yes. so, so I feel like it must be frustrating for you as someone who's making global art current art something that's really speaking and challenging current culture but yet mainstream wise or what the studio is willing to accept or whoever's willing to buy feels a little like 10-15 years yeah. once the subject becomes do you know what I mean like yeah I mean I never really thought about that way I mean I guess you know as far as the teaching the philosophy goes I've always felt that way but now you know when I started 20 well, I've had the school for 21 years so yeah. I've been teaching for like 25 but when I started the school I do really feel like I don't want to say I was ahead of my time but like because I don't mean that like arrogantly I yeah. just mean like it was everything was so traditional. The approach to the yeah. work was so still based in like Stanislavski, still is in a way, but like or Strasberg or you yeah. know everything was very traditional and um, or Stella Adler and and I just was like, well, no, I really feel like there's something else. But look at it's taken 21 years to kind of it's so mind blowing to me yeah. to catch up with how people are talking about acting nowadays. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I also think like. Uh, I was talking to Barb, one of the other teachers and, and my, the cast in the show that I'm currently directing. And they were saying like, uh, they, they, they called it the wild, wild west. But I also think that that's like the, the, uh, point that we've reached in the industry in terms of like streaming where, that's true. where like we've actually, we had to like establish a structure and then from structure, we got to have all this creativity and then you had certain trends that started to flow through it. And now we're in this like insane period where, Anything can be made. YouTube shows can be turned into HBO shows where a small independent 15-minute feature can turn into an Oscar winner. And that is amazing. But at the same time, like, it's reached that point, like, to to your point about the work where I think the work is culminating into something that's, like, really brand new and very, like, 
individualistic as opposed to something that's like structured and prescriptive and that understanding the structure then allows you to be as specific in your own individuality. Like I heard this really famous actor talk about how she dreams and I was like, no, I can't do that. Right. Or she's like, I dreamed I was a chicken. So I played the whole character as a chicken. Okay. And I was like, are you insane? But that worked for her. And I watched the TV show and I was like, you're a great actor. Oh. And I was like, but that worked for you. Right. I can't do that. Yeah. I can't, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't keep a dream journal and be like, this is how I'm going to play this show. Well, I always like to, you know, I always like to support people that there's so many different ways to you know, find your way into something. I just, yeah. I, in fact, one of our London students was, uh, we were just talking by email this morning cause she's doing a show in Singapore and I was like, Oh, what is it? And, um, she said, it's not only is it very stylistic, but there's like a rhythm and a sort of the way they want the, the directors want it's stylized. It's physical theater. It's once you're on stage, you're on stage for the entire three hours. So yeah. it becomes very, um, like they can't sort of, deviate from the structure that they're creating in rehearsal yeah, right? yeah, yeah. and a way of saying the text and I was like so she's like it's just really difficult and like I was like well here's the thing it, like anything once you've done whatever work you have to do to fulfill whatever it is yeah. whether it's miming or physical theater or you know what I mean it doesn't matter what yeah. it is then Shakespeare whatever then you have to throw it away yeah trust that your body's at a sense memory place and i don't mean that as an acting term i just mean that our body knows how to ride a bike yeah because it does yeah right and then it will do the thing that you've been rehearsing for three weeks or four weeks and then you have to listen and play ball yeah so listening and playing ball is it listening and reacting will always be it right yeah. like right now in this podcast it's not it's moment to moment. Yeah, 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 that's why it's called in the moment. Now for a commercial break. <laughs> Perfect plug. Jen's it. like, do you want to start having commercials? I was like, well, I don't think we're big enough for that. Can you imagine? We should. Um, we should have other acting studios put on <laughs> Charge them for you it. know what's so funny is somebody came to the screening last night. So I did a cast and crew screening of Where We Go From Here, and uh, which are just love stories that end in gun violence. And to me, it's a piece about just where we are in the world. Mm -hmm. And also like I was trying, I talked, told the audience last night, even though most of them had worked, oh, they all had worked on the film really. But you know, for me writing and directing or the things that I'm interested in were sort of, I'm just, I was just grappling with issues that I don't really understand. Yeah. And like for me, a way of like finding a, a way to exercise it or get it out of my system or heal yeah. through it is to write, right? Yeah. But where was I going with this? Um, um, oh, shit. Oh, so anyway, afterwards, one of the, the guys who's in the movie was like, you know, it's like I was a little worried because he used to go to an acting studio prior to coming to NAW where the head teacher was also... And I'm in it. I'm also acting in it, by the way, listeners. Anyway, he's like, so... I went to this acting studio where the head teacher was also an actress and she would also make movies. <laughs> and he's like, they weren't very good. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and the acting was horrible. And he's yeah. like, it was pretty incredible to like, you know, I would, I joke like, thank God. I mean, can you imagine if you go to an acting studio and you're like, here's my work. And then the yeah. acting is really horrible. Well, that was one of my favorite things about AMAW when I first started was... Oh, that was my, that was my fresh... 
<laughs> Seltzer bottle exploding. Okay, go. Sorry, Jordan. But no, 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 no. But that that's like, uh, I was really attracted to that. That even, you know, Lindsay Frame, all the, pretty much all the teachers were, I mean, I, it, it? Was, it was Izzy, it was Christina, it was Ma, right. I mean, like I was watching everybody uh, have to practice what they preach. And I, and I do find that piece to be really important which is like if you're going to teach it like I love listening to casting directors or agents or whoever give feedback about I'm going to get myself in trouble about acting but very often I'm like but you're not in it so as much yeah. as you can be on the outside in a really helpful way if you can't give a note that viscerally metabolizes inside of us or personalizes something for the artist and directors have a hard time with this too because they're so visual yeah. that if you can't give the note to activate the process of acting as opposed to activating the process of watching like it's not going to be a great note yeah, and, and, and so true. like I can get a little frustrated sometimes sitting in these like casting director workshops where people are like giving notes and it's fine but I'm like, yeah, but you don't, but you're not up there. So not that I don't respect the note, but that like learn, like, I don't know. I, I'm much more on the side, like this is a collaborative medium. And so like, I want to be able to speak the language and be empathetic to what the casting director is seeing and going through. Mm -hmm. But I also want us to have like an environment as a dream world where like all of us are, you know, able to create work that's really important or, or work that's really at least helpful for like what the director is looking for. But at the same time, like when you got to see 500 actors in one day, casting directors are probably like, fucking well, come yeah. on. Like, I'm just, I mean, at one level, they have to have a language that helps them just yeah. very quickly get to the results, right? Because yeah. many things are result-oriented. But, but also, I don't know, you know, I mean, I'm in casting for this new movie that I'm going to London this week to scout. Mm. I hope everybody collectively... Keep saying <laughs> prayers and try to get this movie made forever. But the casting directors are like, oh my God, they're like, I wish every director could come in here and just watch like what you do with the actors. And mm. just in terms of like allowing the, again, I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm so great because that's not my point. But, but the point is, is when you, when the person who's guiding the actors gives the actors the permission to be them best, their best selves, yes. then it's yeah. an amazing experience yes. in the room where everybody's having a great time, you know, but I do think that that's one of the beautiful things about our school, you know, of many first, I think our school is the first of many things, but like besides UCB or Groundlings where their teachers are very active in the business as well, yeah. I think, and teach and act and perform. I don't know a lot of scene study schools where the teachers are in it, like our school. Uh, like, yeah. it's pretty incredible. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of that is about the teacher and the taught together create the teaching, which is yeah. nobody has it figured out. We're figuring it out as best we can. And by being in the trenches, you have greater skills to be able to figure it out. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think that's one thing about the, like, the specificity of the individual is amazing because that I think like the story comes alive when you bring your own personal narrative to it and and vice versa the story like one thing I you taught me a long time ago is like the story is inviting you to step into a part of yourself that maybe you're not comfortable with yeah and so like that on that level like it can't just be the Adler work as much as I revere you know the script analysis and structure and understanding story and whatever it can't just be that because you have a personal story that like Tennessee Williams never thought of you have a personal story that Susie Laurie Parks never thought That's of right. and so like you get to bring that so beautifully alive but if you, but 
it has to be specific. And yeah. I think, and I think that's another thing that when you're talking about like creating in the world today, like, like, in, in, and in terms of working with casting directors, like you got to be specific when you walk in the room. Like you have to know who you ha- are at a highly specific level, so that when you walk in, you're not like, oh no, I'm getting typecast. You're actually going like, no, 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 I know who I am, and I'm living as fully into it as possible, so that when someone sees me, they recognize the story that I have to offer. Which is where I think a lot of actors get tripped up. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's changed a lot. You yeah. know, Jordan, I still think typecasting is still hard for people, but and I wish, you know. But I think at one level it's because we get ahead of ourselves as actors and we see ourselves like 10 years down the line if we have um, the perfect vision for ourselves we could play everything. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then and that's great and that can happen once you have a career but I think to get there you have to like just work smaller steps which is yes what is my type how can I play that type unlike anybody else and I think people yeah, yeah, yeah. constantly see themselves differently than how they really are being perceived. And that's the biggest, I think, sort of thing that's holding actors back from breaking through. Like, nobody wants to really be the type that they really are. Yeah, but don't you think you're also in full control of that? Well, I mean, listen, I think it's... Okay, at two le- one, yes, but two, no, because the business... Also, maybe now it's starting to change. Marginalizes certain types, like yeah. you know, yes. there were no yeah, gay yeah, roles, yeah, yeah. or there were no trans roles. There were no, you know, maybe you know, Hispanic roles were always like, you know, uh, nanny the, maid. Yeah, nowadays, like yeah, it was awful. Nowadays, was, yeah, that, like yeah. you know, uh, um, anybody who is you know of like Indian descent or East Indian right. descent, or you know they're playing like terrorists or right. you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So I think that's the challenge is some of the roles based on our type feel like they're stereotyped. Oh, of course. But I also think like you, I, this is the thing I try to tell people, which is like, you are in charge of your own way of showing up, but you also have to deal with the ramifications of that. And and so as the storytellers get more diverse and expansive, there are more roles for people who were marginalized or people who are, um, who who are not, their culture is not represented. Their ethnicity is not represented to its fullest cultural degree. Right. But, but I also think like you could walk in and play against your type or you could walk in and just fully showcase and force people. My brother calls it forcing people to eat their vegetables. <laughs> but you also yeah. have to deal with the ramifications that some people just don't like broccoli and some people don't like kale. And so if you go like, no, this is how you have to see me, people are going to be like, no, but you have to be okay with what that is. Well, also, I think does that make sense? Yes. I, but I also think it's like. When you go in for a casting, casting is going to type you based on your physical whatever. That would be you your can change that. Your real. Yes, but I think you change it by doing the work, not by sort of changing it in your mind or changing it like based on a saying no to a project. Like my, my, my best friend is Serbian and he's super handsome and classical leading looks. But he goes and he goes out for Serbian characters. They're always bald, yeah. six foot four gigantic like weightlifters and he's like I don't even know why I'm going out for these things he's a sweetheart I know but I'm like (laughs) here's the thing listeners is just go out even if you you judge yourself I'm not right for that 
because yeah. casting is smart yes. and yeah. they'll be like, oh, you're not right for that, but because you did such a great job, they're going to bring you in for the best friend or, you know what I mean? I, it's like people yeah. remove themselves from the mix before the mix has even been tossed in the salad. That's a terrible analogy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I, I understand. I, I just think that like... I think we're actually in more control than we think we do and, or than we are. Yes. And, and, and I think the thing that I struggle with is actors always feel disempowered. Is that a word? I don't know if it's a word. Yes. But they don't feel empowered because, because the outward perception is so important in this industry, whether it's your attention, whether it's how you brand yourself on your social media, whether it's... And my problem is, is like, we're in charge of our outward appearance. We yeah. just are. Yeah. And so, yeah, I can't change how tall I am. I could change how fat I am. I could change how skinny I am. I could change my hair. I could, I could paint my nails black every day, wear all black and put like an anarchy symbol on my t-shirt. And I'm going to get viewed differently because I want to express what's inside. I, I, my big challenge to actors is like, they're not thoughtful about who they are. And what I love about your work is you're saying, step into what that is, empower what that is. And sometimes that is what we see on the outside. And then if you step into it, you become more beautifully expressed within the type. But what happens is, is actors go, I don't like the type, fuck it. Or actors go like, but I just want to be seen is that, and then there's no conscientious effort or thought put into how they control their environment. Mm -hmm. And like, like, we have more agency now as actors than we ever have. Oh, that's true. And, and I find it so frustrating that we fall victim to what other people tell us, even to what teachers tell us. Like I had a teacher tell me who I was a long time ago, and I played that type. What did he say? I had a teacher tell me that I was the boyfriend a long time ago. And, and, and on one hand, it was right. But then, luckily, years later, I had another teacher tell me, no, you're the boyfriend with a dark secret. Like, you're the boyfriend that's an alcoholic. You're the boyfriend yes. that's whatever. And that was the first time the door cracked open to my own personal story, which is I grew up Christian and I grew up all this stuff that was very in the suburbs and I was sweet and I was my, I got A's and I graduated top of my class and I went to a good school. But there was a part of me that was like, you know, I've been through divorce and I've been through abuse and I've been through all this stuff that makes me feel like an outsider and I'm reading this existential philosophy and I listen to music that my friends don't and so there's a part of me that feels super different which is like a sweet little like white kid thing being like I'm so different and you like the Cubs and I love the losers <laughs> the most lovable losers the losers but, exactly but, but that there was a part of me that acknowledged that like I have a deep comfortability in darkness in the shadow self in the parts that people don't want to talk about mm -hmm. and the parts that make other people uncomfortable with themselves. And I love that part. And I love that part of my students. And I love that part of humanity. To quote Brene Brown, well, this isn't a real quote. I knew I was going to misquote someone today. You misquote all the time. <laughs> but, it's, but, okay. but, that like, but like when you bring it into the light, it's just That's got right. less power. Yeah. And so I love that part of what we do. And I'm like, let's invite all of us into that. Let's invite, like, and that's what I mean about the specificity. Like, we have one student at the studio. Um, I hope she's okay with me sharing this. I think so. But, like, she shaved her head. She started booking. Yeah. Because she was like, this is who I am. This is who I've always wanted to be. But someone told me I was, like, sweet and had to be kind. But instead, I'm this, like, edgy, interesting, compassionate mm -hmm. person. And she did it. And she started to get called in more. And I find that, I find that kind of agency really important that, like... You have control. And if we assert, if we thoughtfully understand ourselves and our personal narratives and to what you teach us to be ourselves, 
we can then offer the industry something. And the industry is waiting for us to offer it, whether they know it or not. And I well, think that's important. Sorry, I think, that was long. No, I mean, I think it's really, those are all valid points. I think also, too, it also depends on what kind of acting you want to do. Like, so, yeah, you can that's still, true. That's true. you know what I mean? Like, go out for things like, oh, this Netflix show, or right. this show that feels very like, I don't how do I how shall I say it like whatever like very traditional the yeah, way you yeah, can yeah, get yeah, cast yeah. right but yes, then yes. you can create your own stuff based on the stories you want to tell that aligns with yes. the kind of roles you want to play you know what yes. I mean no, that's which true. is so much more exciting and I, and speaking to what you were addressing earlier is yes there are so many more platforms now in which to do that yes. you know which yes. is cool I've listened to a bunch of these podcasts and I was very nervous to come on because I was like I don't know really what I'm going to say. Yeah, because I think everyone that's been on your podcast so far has way, like, has much more, like, working experience than me. Um, And so it's funny because I think about these things, about, like, how do we be universal yet specific? Use our story and feel like we have something to say and be an artist, but at the same time, like, you're going in to be, like, you know, uh, uh, like bartender number two for the oh, yes. 11th season of Grey's Anatomy and your one line is like, can I get you something? Yeah. And it's like, okay, so how do I uphold? Like, this is actually the main thing I want to talk to you about is like, because uh, you've been through it and you've been through it in many different facets within the industry, but like, how do you like, quote unquote, like struggle well? Like, yeah. if, 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 like, because success doesn't, and you've said this and people have said this on this podcast, like success doesn't make you better. And, and I'll be honest, like young success, I would be really fearful of that uh-huh. because like you set yourself up for like, this is how you think the world is and this is not. That's right. And so, so if you're successful when you're like 25, I'm like, good luck. Yeah, it can be hard for people. But I'm, but I'm just curious about like, how do you struggle well? How do you maintain like awareness? And you addressed this to me the other night in class. It doesn't have to necessarily always come from joy or positivity, but like, how is it that when you're going out for those kinds of roles or you can't even get agents to look at you or your only time to act is in class for that hour that we get there, you know, four hours total, but like an hour where we're up there working or talking or whatever. And it's like, how, like, how do you struggle well so that you still feel expressive and does that make any sense? Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing that I, maybe I'm too obsessed with struggling. (laughs) Maybe, but no, but Jordan, you know, the thing that I think is, again, the biggest mythology that I'm always trying to tell people is when we view other people like the Cannes Film Festival or like we view the glamorous sort of like painting of these pictures to like what's tricky about it is those things are ephemeral. They're transitory. They don't last. Yeah. And I think... The, the, the challenge is, is, of course, we're in this sort of um, multi-dimensional world in which we go for things and we desire things in the material form. Yeah. But if our joy is caught up only in that, yeah. our happiness, our self-worth, all those derivatives in that thing, you're going to get that thing and then you're going to be like, oh my God, this is not making me happy. Yeah. And so I, I think the challenge is, is not to be waiting for that big if in in order to be creative or to have fun or to make, make a statement or to create because also those things can be very limiting. You know, I have to say like, you know, we were just talking about my movie, like, you know, 
I think that to me, the joy for me, the most joyous part was in the actual process of it. Working with people mm. and yeah, then yeah, yeah, in the yeah. movie about the studio, yeah. the process of it. But now, after the fact, once something is done, it's a shit show. It's not fun. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, see, but yeah, that's yeah. what we see. So we watch the finished thing. Yeah. And I think we desire as creators to be in more of a process of something. But there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of actors who are doing things that when we watch the finished product seem really amazing but when they're doing them it's still not that fun yeah and i think that's the big takeaway is that you can't it cannot be the job that's going to be the yeah oh my god i'm so happy or i made it or whatever you know i, I just my friend who's a casting director i can't say name which but here's the thing what he, she says. The very first season of a show, everybody is super excited because they booked this huge job and they're all getting to know each other for the first time and blah, 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 blah. By the second season, they all hate each other. Oh, wow. They've all slept together. <laughs> and they hate each other. And they're all miserable shits. Yeah. Now, that's not the case for every show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I do think when that... That might be a, a skewing younger show. Sure, sure. But that A is high school. And B, it, it speaks to the this sort of thing of like... That's the challenge of being human. We get what yeah. we want. And then we realize, I want more. Yeah. Move. Yeah. Which is good. We do want more, but we want to be more conscious about what it is we want more of. Yes. Yes. And that's like, I, yes. So I mean, is that like, did they answer your question like falling upwards? No, I didn't really. That's really. Or failing, no, 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 but that's Struggling right. with well, purpose. Right? No, 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 no. But I think that that's right. Like becoming more conscientious of what we want in its specificity of like, of what that is. Because I, I was just talking to Maggie about this at breakfast, which is like. If, if our problems don't get solved when we get the thing, then why don't we just solve the fucking problem That's to begin right. with? Because then you might end up, and this is what I told her, and she was like, whatever. But it's like what you might end up doing is you might end up moving to Minnesota and teaching, teaching poetry. Or you That's might right. end up owning a coffee shop. Or you might end up becoming a pianist. Or you might end up cleaning houses for people because you just want to serve the elderly who can't take care of their own homes or whatever, right? And it's like, because if you were to be more conscientious about what you want and the feeling that that derive, you get, that is derived from doing what you, what you actually want, you may not be here. And then this is where I think you feel this way too, which is like, we, you know, we don't hate the industry as artists, but we do butt up against like, how is it, how do we interact? Because to me, like I love LA because it's collaborative. So it's like, if the industry is collaborative, if everyone's noble intention doing their best, if my manager's doing her best, if my agent's doing their best, if the casting directors are doing their best, like, how do I take this sense of what I want? And I'll, I'll say mine very clearly, which is like, I want to heal people through stories. That's mm -hmm. been my, I can say that that would be like the, you know, Jordan Lane Chappelle colon healing, <laughs> healing through story. Like that stories, would be, yes. that would be like my tagline, right? Uh -huh. And so it's like, how do I do that when I, how do I make sure I maintain that mentality when I go in for a two-line co-star? How do I maintain that mentality when I teach my students? How do I do that with my cast when I'm directing them? And I, and I think like, I want it to feel more collaborative and where I really struggle, and you've heard me do this in class, like I really struggle because I get really upset when I feel like I'm not noticed and I don't hang on to that 
tagline. Well, because, Do you know I, what I yes, mean? of course, but I think we minimize, this is the thing, the business is so freaking alluring, and I think we think <laughs> that true. it's going to be more, you know, um, uh, that it, it's more magnified once we reach a, 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 a more magnified level, but I don't yeah. think that's always the case. Yeah. I think the thing is, is you're healing people by telling stories by doing this podcast. You're healing people by telling stories by being a teacher and yeah. by do you know what I mean it's the yeah, minutia yeah, yeah. of stuff that I also think it's the minutia of stuff that gets stuff done you know what I mean yeah like people who are oh, on the front good. lines yeah, of yeah, yeah. really doing stuff yeah. are not doing stuff eventually they do stuff because somebody catches wind of it yeah but generally they're in the trenches like if I think of Greta Thunberg okay climate change Greta Thunberg <laughs> like this is a 16 year old girl <laughs> in Sweden or wherever who is like was is out like skipping school and saying I have something more important to deal with than freaking school. That's amazing. And now she's on the cover of Time magazine, but yeah. she didn't. St- you know what I mean? Right, right. It wasn't for time. That's it right. Wasn't for, that's right. That's I think we just live in this business that's so caught up in the the fame monster. To me, is just what creates the problem. I, I said this the other day in class and I was like, that was pretty good. <laughs> but like, but like, I do think like attention is our commodity here in Los Angeles, yeah. whether it's like likes, viewership, subscribers, yes. whatever. But I also like my, the thing I was thinking about that for myself, cause I get really upset at that. When I see like some 26 year old handsome dude that like plays a guitar that like gets attention, a likes. I'm like, Fuck you, dude. I spent $100,000 on school and I know yes. who every writer in the world is and you fucking get on this movie. That's me being bitter and horrible. But like, but like, attention's the commodity. But at the same time, like, we can't make art without attention. And so like, your movie gets made not because it gets well, then sits on a hard drive. Your movie gets made so that you can, even if people in the industry aren't, aren't, getting it or they're scared of it like it's so that you wake people up to the fact that like where we go from here is a beautiful title I think by the way thank you is troubling it's a troubling title do you yeah, know what I mean but Jordan here's the thing you, I need, just want... the, you need the attention well I, I think the thing is this I don't know I think it's like it's value first what I keep learning keep going back okay. to who is this artist oh I just he's like a, a graphic um, he's a painter yeah and but he was talking about art um Sorry, kids, I can't remember right now. And he was being interviewed by Anderson Cooper. Mm-hmm. And Anderson Cooper said, well, you know, your artwork is worth so much now. The value of it is so high, millions yeah. of dollars. And the guy was like, first of all, I'm glad that people see the value of it now. But he's like, I knew its value way before uh, anybody yeah. else saw its value. Yeah. And this is what my boyfriend and I are always talking about. Of like, you don't... This is the problem with Hollywood, is that we... It's all perception is that we only ascribe value to something once it has a billion likes, Uh, but value is inherent to the intention, the intentionality we bring to something or our own. This is This has value to me. And of course we want other people to share it and understand it and, and hopefully contributes to their well-being or their you know, quality of life, but it should be, it's not, it's not based on whether or not other people get it. Yeah. You know, like when I think about like John Cassavetes, I'm like, oh God, he's so, (laughs) you know, the youngest don't even know who he is, but did you know this? Oh yeah, I love it. I've reread his book so many times and I mean, he was a guy who would, when 
when he would show when he would finish his movies, which were like you know seven month adventures with yeah. his family and his yeah. you know generals and his yeah. just good friends. After he was done tinkering them for over the next year or two, and he would do a screening of it, a public screening, when people would come out and have a positive reaction, he would be just desperate and, and depressed because he was uh-huh. like, I failed. Because his whole thing was, art is not for people, especially cinema or theater. Art is not for people to be like, I loved it. It was really good. Yeah. It's to provoke. It is yeah. to make people think and make them feel feel something. Yeah. And so he'd go back to the drawing room like, and his investors would be like, are you crazy? <laughs> and so all of his movies, quote unquote, tanked yeah. from a commercial standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it just, again, it just, it starts to make us think about, well, what, what is meaning? Where is meaning derived? Oh, this you know is my favorite. I had a minor in philosophy. This is my favorite thing uh-huh. to talk about. Wow. We're going deep. Well, let's but all I, the podcasts go deep. You right. know what I mean? But I, like, but I also think, too, like the value in, because I'm sure there are plenty of people who would be like, but Tony, I just want to make a couple people laugh, get absolutely. my paycheck, and live in a small bungalow in Pasadena. Absolutely. You know so I, mean? I don't want us to, to mistake what I'm talking about. Like, you know, I also am always saying all... All acting jobs can't be all things for all people all the time. Also, everybody dwells in a different place in their being about what acting is for them. So some people are deeply philosophical or are more service oriented or want to tell stories that heal. Or like for me, I'm really passionate about social conscious, uh, social justice pieces, right? But then there are other people who are like, hey, I just want to do an episode of Kimmy Schmidt. And I love Kimmy Schmidt. You know what I mean? So I think, again, you just have to, I think the actor just has to find their way. And also, like, I just think it just has less to do with talent and more to do with perception, which we, we don't really have a lot to, there's nothing you can really do about that. If you just get very quickly the perception, if the perception in Hollywood through the agencies or the PR people or the team around you is that you're a hot young actor, well, you're a hot young actor. Sure. So that's one way. Yeah, but then yeah. there are other people like who have found their way by just doggedly, we were talking about Mark Ruffalo earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Billy Bob Thornton is another example. Oh, yeah. That just for the longest time just had to keep climbing up that mountain. You yeah. know? I think that's it. I think people just sadly... But what if they don't... I read this thing about Rembrandt, uh-huh. the painter. He died, <laughs> like, in the street. Like, he was well, like... so uh, did Van Gogh, right? But, yes, yes, right? And But but yet, later, their stuff. Do you know what I mean? So it it's like... keeps coming back to you're going to be famous after you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, what happened? Well, wait a minute. Maybe that could be, in its own form, I have two thoughts about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that could be saving us from the fame monster and what it could do to someone. You know what I right. mean? Like, oh, it yeah, could I be know, really interesting. That, yeah. And also, it could have maybe... It could be a sort of, um, it could contaminate awe. Mm. It could contaminate the purity of what the artist is trying to do. I think every artist at the highest level, if they're real artists, often find that challenge of like, how do I stay pure in my art and not get fucked over by Hollywood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure every any of the filmmakers that we respond to or the best actors probably talk about that. You know what I mean? So I don't know, Jordan. I think like, I just think if we're open and we keep going with the right intention, things show you 
ways. I agree. This thing, but not just the way we think it's supposed to be. Yes, you know what I mean. Well, and that that same thing about the the. It, it, so what's funny you said about Van Gogh because I'm re- the book I'm reading about Van Gogh is where I got the story about oh, okay. Rembrandt. Whoa! Okay. And in it, the um, this guy, this rabbi, is talking to Van Gogh, and he's like, "It's it's really about expression." Like Rembrandt died happy and his pieces became well-known later because of a fullness of expression, not because of a... And that goes back to what we were saying. It wasn't about the attention. It wasn't about the value that was ascribed later. That's it was right. about the, the, the artist understanding the value in the moment. And I, I think about that a lot, especially for like... Like I really love Lin-Manuel Miranda and I'm like, this man is a is a is a, a fountain, a, a wealth of meaningful material. And when I listen to his interviews and, and and his upbringing, I'm like, God, what an interesting man. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I believe in my own value of voice sometimes as much as I see that. And and so I think it's like, you know, it, that that lacking of my own value of expression keeps me from the fullness of expression. Does that make sense? Well, no. I mean, I think that's just a snow job you're doing on yourself because you're comparing yourself <laughs> to someone else. Lin Manuel. Well, Lynn I'm not Miranda. saying that scale. I'm saying, but I'm saying like, I'm saying like, even it'll stop me from writing the outline of a script. Ah, do yes. you see what I'm saying? Well, yes. We have to be against. We have to be vigilant against mm. compare and disparism, and yeah. also. That's his, you know, that's not only his journey, but the vehicles through his own very autobiographical expression is his, uniquely his. Yeah. Yours is here with me right now. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. it's directing this play with Barbara and Manuel and yeah. Chris. And, yeah. then, and it's being a really masterful teacher. And it's, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I think, again, I think, I think if you would, if you were to ask him, he would say the same thing you're saying about someone else's work. Right, and so I think we have to keep remembering that. Like, you know what I mean? If he knew your work or saw your work, he'd be like, "Oh my god, that guy is so amazing! I don't know if I can do what he does." It's all relative. Yeah, you know what I mean, Jordan. I think that that's the thing. Is we just? I think this has been going on since the beginning of time, just in life, and then also in the arts, which feel like sometimes like a double helix of life. Oh yeah, it was funny you just said that, and I was like, I think I've spent a lot of time in my life like looking up at you know the giants or or even not even the giants but the people that I like you know there are certain showrunners where I'm like oh my god I want to just be a part of that uh-huh. as opposed to like let that thing that inspires me is actually the creative energy that's trying to come out of me anyway so instead of being a part of what they're doing that's actually the you know, divine inspiration that's saying, go make something, you know? And I, I think that that's, you know, when you talk about meaning, <laughs> like that's a big thing for me. It's like the, the divine inspiration to create in its, in its own value, as opposed to, as opposed to like, why am I not getting an HBO audition yet? <laughs> well, I also think it's also about us meeting our own becoming. And I think mm. it can be really hard. Like for Ooh. me, sometimes I get down on myself because I'm like, I'm 51 and it's taken me so long. But then when I look at like, I was this like bullied, made fun of, mm-hmm. sensitive little boy. And like, I have overcome so much 
just to get to where I am right now. Now, I'm not talking about in a material form or a successful yeah, yeah. form, just about me yeah. finding my own voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I still have a long way to go. And so all those things, even though they were painful, and I, I used to wish that they had never happened, and now I realize that's part of the unfolding of me becoming who I fully am. Yeah. And it's not, it's not fully written yet. It, my... My meeting myself at that level might be tomorrow or it might be at the very end of the road. You know right. what I mean? And so I think it's really about just sort of inhabiting ourselves more deeply. And that, for Lin-Manuel Miranda, that may have happened now in his 30s. For you, it right. could, you know, I think everybody has a different set point. Yeah. You know? Well, and I was just, to your point even further, your process of finding your voice you have made vent as a byproduct you've created like an incredible community oh, and you've oh, created yeah, something that affects whether it's via the books or via the community or just via personal interactions like your process of finding your own voice has also created spaces for other people and so to what you're saying it's like that that's what your journey always was trying to find yourself as an artist but then you made all this other really amazing stuff that you know, you didn't even mention at, in your process of trying to, yeah, yeah. I think for me, the biggest breakthroughs have come from like, this is it. Meaning where I'm at right now and what I'm doing yeah. is actually more amazing than I should be on an HBO show. And I say that to all my yeah, listeners, yeah. which is if that's what you want, I want you to continue to pursue that. But that where you are right now and what you're creating right now is also it like we yeah. we sort of always are like shitting on just our 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 state of existence right now yes <laughs> yes in the pursuance of the other yeah i had this audition i i haven't had an audition in a long time i got this audition and i found out uh what it was for and i immediately like dogged myself for it and then i told some friends about it and my friends were all like are you insane? That's incredible. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And they were like, you know, I, I, I had an NDA, so I'm trying not to be specific, but it okay. was like, it was one of those things where I was like, I, I hadn't gotten an audition in a long time. It doesn't matter what it's for, right. but it was like, it's one of those things where it's like, I would get to travel. I would get paid. Right. Like I would work for a good amount of time, yeah. but I was like, but, and, and like Jack Turner, the beautiful, wonderful, soulful Jack Turner was like, are you insane? Like, that would be amazing. And he was also like, that might be the kind of work that could actually really help you just do what you want to do. Uh -huh. And when he told me all that, I was like, oh, oops. <laughs> because in some ways, like, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, and I went to crapping on my current state of affairs and finding the negativity within this opportunity as opposed to, as opposed to, you know, my own personal philosophy about auditioning, which is like, what do I have to offer? What can I give? How can we collaborate? How can we be a family in this room for two minutes? Like, I, instead of living in that as much, I lived in, it's not an HBO show. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and that, and I agree. I think that that's something that's big about me that I, I'm still very much like in the process of, of wrestling with and trying to change. But also, Jordan, I think too, like to me, what's so fascinating about the business, if we could all just understand this, the only reason why we covet all those things is because they have money. HBO has money. Yeah. You know what I mean? If yeah. I want to get, I, I was just joking with my friend today. I was like, I want, 
I want that money so I can do an Amazon show. That's really it. <laughs> if we think about it, people, the only reason really why we covet something instead of doing it ourselves, and I get it, is because we want someone else's money to be able to make something or pay for, for yeah, yeah, our, yeah. our creating, which is great. And there is a lot of money out there for that to happen. But then I'm like, well, if, if, if it's really just that, if really if we start to like distill it down to the very nature of creating, then again, what is keeping us from like right now creating what we want to be creating. Yeah. In, in, within the means that we have, you know, uh, Nick who's in Monday night. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 He posted something on Instagram that made me kind of sad, but also I totally related it. And I often feel this way where he was like, you know, he was like, I realize I just don't, like he basically was saying that he was lazy, super lazy. Oh. And as much as he professes, he wants to be out there and doing stuff yeah. that he's really just like at the end of the day, like not doing anything for yeah. moving himself forward. And I was like, Oh, that I feel like that too. And I was like, wow, if I could just keep holding on to the amount of energy and time we have each of us, and like this raw material that's available to us yeah. and give it to creating something with people that we want to create with as yeah. opposed to complaining right. or coveting. Or, you know or waiting for the money for an Amazon show. That's right. Like, yeah, you yeah, would yeah. just be, you're going to be waiting your life away. Yes. And you start to get more activated and then you're like, wait, well, I'm actually doing something. Yeah. You'd get more purposeful. You'd have more joy. You'd get more creative. You'd have more other ideas. And then you'd start to be led to, this is the thing that I do think about acting that I don't think acting is for everyone in the sense that not everybody is going to be the next Meryl Streep. But if you go more wholeheartedly into what acting can provide for you, yeah. then it can show... This is why I think everybody should freaking take an acting class. Preferably an AMW. <laughs> <laughs> or Groundlings or UCB. Those are the plugs. But no, my thing is, is if you get into a class in a community, then you'll start to learn. You have all these other skills that come to you as a byproduct because of acting. Because acting is the most one of the most amazing resources available to us. It teaches yeah. us how to empathize and be compassionate. It teaches us to go for things and goal set and be committed and and to stop the, the judgments and the self criticizing it gets us to play and have fun yeah. it opens the bandwidth of like how much more creative in meeting possibility than we really have or see ourselves yeah. so but that doesn't necessarily mean because i do those things i'm going to become a famous actor it yes. may mean i meet my husband it may mean yeah. i have skills as a writer it may mean i don't want to do this anymore i want to go start a dog shelter yeah. but all those things are part of being creative. And I think one one thing, <laughs> I get scared to tell my students this, but I have in the past, which is like, which is like, uh, we, sometimes we think when we go like, it's, it's, it's your own journey. Everyone's path is different. We sometimes tag on to the end of that, your path to success. Oh, yeah. Uh, subconsciously, uh -huh. yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's conscious or, or unconscious, I do think we kind of go like, well, everyone's got their own path towards their star meter going up yeah. or their TV show being yeah. whatever. But in actuality, like you just said, like I think what that that elliptical sense of your everyone's got their own path, dot, 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 needs to be what you just said. That encouragement towards um, 
the, the the creative energy that wants to come out or the becoming or the that that stuff is it, that's actually the journey that's actually the path that dot 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 that we need to be leading to as opposed to the because I do think and I think that's like our American culture I do think that's an LA cultural thing where it's like if you're not reaching the pinnacle of the thing if the, the stuff that you covet if you're not if that's not at the end of your ellipses then like what are you doing here and I and I, I'm with you I think the value of yeah finding your husband running running your own business whatever it is writing a book it's like that's that is a beautiful discovery unto itself that that hopefully leads you towards contentment happiness purpose well, at, whatever look at Barb she's teaching an artist's way you know which Don't is amazing started, partly because of like yeah Ooh. you know what I mean but wait I want to end with this and then we'll do a speed round because okay. you know it, it it goes back to the one of my good friends Brian told me in my New York days and I sort of posed this to all the listeners and it's in my it's in my first book Alec Brainton Wright but I, I think people probably don't remember it or gloss over it but here's the real truth if we really are creators and we really put our money where our mouth is like I just want to act and acting is all I want to do and I love acting so much and love my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right like everybody's always going on about oh, I just want to be on the show I just want to be acting and acting is what I want acting 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 I used to do that all the time in my fucking 20s before I started to get work and he I was always like, Brian, but I'm going to work. I'm going to work. And I can't ever. I was like, but I can't get an audition for this. And he's like, you know what? I'm tired of hearing about it. Then just go act. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, just go act. Go do it. And I kept like, he was really mean. And I was like, no, he's really amazing. And I was like, oh, well, I have to get a job. He's like, no, you don't. Yeah. He's like, go out on the sidewalk and create your own performance. And I was like, oh. I right. got so scared. Right. And then I started thinking about... Um, um, the Empty Box. Who wrote it? Uh, oh, the... Oh, no. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Uh, 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 not Jean-Jean. No, no. Um, Are you talking about the directing book? Yes. I keep thinking Mel Isn't Brooks. Empty, it is... No, the Empty, empty spaces. spaces. Yeah, or Empty Spaces. No, space. who is it? <laughs> see the two Who's of the us? French director? Uh, anyway, so he said this is the truth. All it takes... Peter Brook. There wrote it is. The Empty Space. But I don't think that that's who said it. It, was a, Brooke, yeah. it was a French theater director. We both knew what the book looked like. I know, I can too. see it, right? <laughs> God, that brings back college. I didn't I even know. understand that book. I should read it now. But, Holy but here's the thing. Yeah. This is what's so powerful about it. If all it takes, I think it was Arnaud who said that. If, if all it takes to create theater is one performer and one person yeah. as the audience member, then what is really stopping us from doing our stuff? Yeah. So you, if you want to act and you feel like you have no, you don't have an agent, you don't have a manager, or you do have an agent, you have a manager, but you're not going out for Game of Thrones, you're not getting things that you want, then how can you get empowered? So then, okay, I can, nowadays you can uh, get the rights to a play for like not a lot of money. Oh yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Under a thousand dollars, and if that's too much, then you have somebody. There's so many amazing writers. Have somebody write something, and yeah. you put up your own freaking work. Yeah. If we really, and I listen, I feel like I can say that now because I put my money into this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it. Like I was just like, ain't nobody gonna hire me. Yeah. I these other movies I've been trying to get made kept falling apart. I get it. I didn't mean. I don't mean shit. You know, as a like director, like yeah. I'm not famous. And I was just like, I really feel strongly about gun you know, advocacy and yeah. gun reform. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put my own money into creating something that to me has value. Yeah. And whether or not, even, even if it would have been a disaster, 
that aspect of attempting stuff is really powerful. Yeah. And so I just, I just ask all the listeners to like, if you've been waiting for something, why don't you give yourself like this proposal of, I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm going to go put up a show or do that one man monologue I've always wanted to do or go do Shakespeare in, you know, Griffith Park or, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you just like, I don't need the audition to like, sort of verify my life. Or you discover the other thing, which is, oh, this isn't what I actually want. Yeah. Right? You discover like, oh, I, I've actually been chasing this other feeling, uh-huh. yeah. right? The consciousness of what we want coming back to that. Like, I think about that too, where it's like, if any actor in there, because I bristled at it for a second, because I, I hate when people are like, make your own content. Well. Because I do think that's a trend of an answer that agents give now. That is true. Because before it was improv classes. And that's before true. it was whatever. Getting new headshots. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's, it's, it's this trend. But, but, but what I was going to say though, is like, yeah, because it, it's actually about something else. And so you're right. I actually totally agree with you. So if any actors bristled at that, you have to actually look at like, well, what do you want then? You know, do you want to just be loved? Do you just want attention? Do you just want like, what is this thing that you're actually chasing after? Because genuinely, if you do what you're saying where you take a risk and you just, you put a monologue on tape and you put it on the internet for someone to watch, like you will then get that feeling of, oh, this is what I wanted to do. I I, am fueled by this. I think sometimes that we're really scared to like really step up to what, you know, it's easier to complain and bitch about where we're not than to work with guilty. where we are. It's so guilty. Well, yeah. my drop, it's easier to bitch and complain about where we're not than to just really work with the empowerment that comes from where we are. Yeah. And listen, I had to keep reminding myself of that, of, you know, it's not what we're not getting. It's what we have. Yeah, I, to that point, and then I'm doing this as a purposeful transition into a shameless plug. Um, Like, to that point, like, I was raised in theater, got a theater degree. Chicago! Right, knew nothing about film, got some film roles, but for the most part was just working in Chicago theater, and working in good theaters, and working with really good people. And I think I've been avoiding theater for a really long time, not purposefully, but just because I thought the path to something bigger was through film, TV, whatever. And and only to find out, like, coming right back around to like, well, now I'm direct, I've directed a show, directing shows, I have two theater auditions this week, like, only to like come back to the thing that's probably been chasing me Uh this whole time. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's do our speed round. Okay. You see, we could talk all day. I know. I hope this is beneficial to our listeners and our listeners didn't throw the podcast <laughs> out the car. They probably got lost. <laughs> they probably it. like fast forwarded it. They started talking about philosophy. No, it's good. These are all things. Okay. Yeah. All right. I have to get my speed round question. Oh, no. If you weren't an actor, what would you be? I would probably be a sports journalist. Of course you would. <laughs> oh, my God. For the Chicago... Anything. All the Chicago I, Yeah, I don't teams. know what I would be doing. Yeah. What's your favorite film of all time? <laughs> this answer is awesome. I know, I hate it's it. It's horrible. Uh, Ocean's Eleven. Okay. The reason why is because they're all having fun. Right. Ne- I, like, I love that film because you're watching them going like, this is a lot Wait, of Wait, wait, nudge, nudge, yes. Yeah, it's so fun. What's something you can't do without? Um, <laughs> uh, coffee! Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about this one. My brother, coffee, and my backpack. <laughs> Okay, we'll give you three. What's who's your celebrity crush? 
Oh. Can be guy or girl. Viola Davis. Oh, whoa. That is so out of the box for me to hear. I, I did not see that coming, really. Any of my students who know me, I'm like, so. I think she's like, um, she's like sexy, but I want her to be my mom. Like, it's really I weird. can see. It's oh, weird. yeah. She is sexy. She's mom. incredible. Yeah, yeah. She just is so visceral and so smart, and she's so well-trained, and her voice is get out of town. Did you see Widows? No. And oh, I shit. Really, she's really really wanted she's to. really great at Widows. I know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think by, I could, I, I have a huge crush She's on really good. Yeah, yeah. How would you describe acting in one word? <laughs> Never ending. Oh, God, yes. What's the biggest takeaway from AMAW? Um, that, that, that this whole learn. thing is a process. That you can't... Um, that it's a process. That it's up and down. It is, it is side to side. It is good. It is bad. It is joyful. It is despair. But it, that it's just process. That it's an ever-evolving process that always gets deeper and never regresses. Beautiful. That's life itself, right? Yeah, I think so. And what's your definition of love? Um, my first response was passion. Um, which is also unfortunately tied to suffering, that word word in yeah. Latin. Um, that's right. Or it Greek is. or Latin, I can't remember. Yeah. But but no, I think I think it's I think it's passion. I think it's 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 it is literally the main thing that drives me is love, and I find that it's what gives me energy, it's what makes me wanna get out of bed, it's the thing that makes me connect to people, it's the thing that makes me create stuff. So for me, like love is so tied to passion, which is just which is also a part of that process. Mm -hmm. I always like to end with, to me, definition of love is just this moment. This moment. You listen to my podcast. I, you knew I, I had to do some was coming. I had to do some Oh, that's right. Damn it. No, we, don't we could say it to, No, we could say it together. Let's say it together. <laughs> the definition of love is this moment. <laughs> right now. I change it. It's usually something along those lines. Anyway, oh, so for our listeners, uh -huh. they can find you teaching every week mm -hmm. at the studio mm -hmm. at AMAW. At our AMAW Los Angeles school. Mm -hmm. Also, Jordan is in the Wednesday Night Masterclass, and I have to say, Jordan, I'm not going to cry here. You guys, Jordan is really, like, pretty incredible in his work, I have to say. Like, Thanks. some of the best work I've ever seen has come from this man in class, and it was driving me nuts. I was like, if you guys don't put up a fucking show! <laughs> so Jordan is doing a show now, but he's not in it. He's directing it. We're, God damn But Victoria and I are trying to produce a play as well. Um, okay. We've, we've submitted, we've had some application for rights, and so we're waiting to see what okay. we're going to do. But yeah, so we've got a show that Manuel and Barb and Christopher Cassano are going to be in. Um, it will be in July. Okay, here um, in LA. Is, yep, and it is it's called. It's called the Ram. The it, Ram. The Ram. It's an American premiere, um, and it has to do with identity and and accepting all parts of our identity and how difficult that is. Wow, and that's yeah, yeah. coming in like July. July. So okay. July nineteenth, twentieth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh. Okay, we'll probably remount it again later in the fall. Okay, exciting. And yeah. they can to get more info, they can find you. They get uh, so I'm at my full name, which is Jordan Lane Chappelle on Instagram, and then also we have a hashtag or a, a account for the play, which I think is the Ram Play or the Ram the Play or something like that. Okay, we will come check media. it out in July. Thank you so at much at this new studio space. Thanks, Jordan, for being here. You inspire so many young people. Come see him in many of his incarnations, including being the meme Tony. <laughs> <laughs> it's a title I wear proudly. <laughs> All right. I love you, Jordan. Love you. Thanks for listening. 
Tony is offering 10% of all elective classes at AMAW Studios, like movement and dance, improv, and on-camera audition class, just for you guys. Use the promo code in the moment when booking to receive 10% off your class. <laughs>